0: Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast, episode 96.
1: Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast with your host, Jack Mountain Bushcraft School founder and master main guide, Tim Smith.
0: I'm your host, Tim Smith. I'm a registered master main guide and have been a full-time outdoor instructor and guide since founding the Jack Mountain Bushcraft School in 1999. We help people become more skilled, more knowledgeable, more experienced, and more confident in the natural world through our bushcraft and guide training semester programs and multi-week canoe and snowshoe expeditions. You can check out the show notes to all of our podcasts at blog.jackmtn.com. If you're interested in learning more about our college-accredited and GI Bill-approved programs, visit the Jack Mountain Bushcraft School on the web at jackmtn.com. And check out our online network and digital learning academy at bushcraftschool.com. Hello and welcome back to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft podcast episode 96. Tim and Christopher here in the communications layer of our semi-subterranean northern Maine layer. Communications level. Of there you layer, go. The level
1: of the layer. We should have that written down on a big board on the side so we can do the intro the same way every time.
0: Yeah, well, that would get boring. I like it a little different. It's authentic when everybody hears us screw it up over and over again.
1: What's the opposite of subterranean? Is that just a house? Terranean? Terranian? Terrarium? Like on Help! Land. I'm stuck in a glass box! Uh. Anyway, anyway good morning. Anyway. How are we doing? <laughs> Somebody's fully caffeinated.
0: Uh um it is early october here our leaves are gone falls basically over in Arista county yeah uh the leaves are down we had a big wind and rain event a couple a couple of big rain events
1: yeah which is great considering the crazy drought we've been in um last night was a i think probably one of the more intense thunderstorms i've ever been up here for and uh it was great, though, because my dog got up at 2 a.m. and went outside of the tent and barked the thunder away, which was pretty impressive. She's a pretty little dog. I was, And just scared it right away. Just She just, she just scared it right away. Yeah, the weatherman. Came back about... into the tent, got in my bag all wet and shivered for an hour and a half. Well, there you go. That's the, uh, the joys of dog ownership. It's a trade-off. Yeah. She scared the thunder away, but now my sleeping bag's wet. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I like having dogs. I just don't want to live with them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. How do I trade that where I just get one for the good things?
0: Uh, yeah. Good luck. Good luck with that.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so we are
1: just finished week
0: seven of our nine week fall wilderness bushcraft semester course. Uh, week eight, we will be in camp till the end of the week, end of the week. We take off and go get ready for our culminating, culminating event on the course, which is the solo. So we'll head, uh, to a remote lake that we've been going to for a few years, really beautiful top of the drainage. Um, we'll spend a day there in camp with everybody and then we will have everybody go out on solos for a few days and then we come back to the field school, clean up, do any last minute testing or whatever. And then we shake hands and, uh, that's that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's always a, the solos are always a great experience, but the, uh, but coming back, coming back from them is always kind of a bittersweet thing because you know everybody's leaving and really wrapping up the season.
0: Yeah, the hardest part maybe of running semester programs is you get to be great friends with people. You really get to know them on a deep level. And then uh, right when everybody kind of gets it and all the systems are functioning smoothly and everybody's learned how to live in the forest – you shake hands and they go their own way. Yep. And then and we then have you to st- pay for therapy for all of them for and, next week and a half. Yeah. And then you start again on the next course <laughs> and people don't know what they're doing again. So it's, it's a vicious cycle. It is a vicious cycle. Um, but we're excited for the, I'm excited to get out into the field for the solos. Uh, I always bring, you know, this time of year up here, we're getting nights are consistently below freezing. So last week we built a big dome structure, uh, kind of like the old the old dc igloo we used to have here we sort of rebuilt it and covered it with a white parachute and some plastic and threw a wood stove in it and it looks like a giant marshmallow Mm -hmm. so i'm affectionately dubbing it the marshmallow uh you should also explain the dc igloo because
1: i don't think people know what that means
0: Well, the dc igloo because it's just a big dome structure and we call it the dc igloo because dc stood for dance club
1: yep uh (laughs) lots of dance parties going on in this uh in this little tent
0: yeah, we had a f- really fun group of of people one semester, and uh, I walked up there, and there was like people had their headlamps, and they were turning them off and on, and somebody had a little radio. I think it was just somebody's phone, but it looked like uh, it looked like they were having a rave in this thing in the middle of the woods. And it's a yeah, hard life up here. Good, good laughs came out of that. Uh, but yeah, I'll be excited to bring out uh, you know dust it off first time of the year canvas tent and wood stove and. The solo for the students is always a super powerful experience because they get to kind of uh, live and put into practice all the things that they've learned. And it's not so much like a survival experience where, you know, they're out kind of fighting nature and swimming in alligator infested waters with their knife in their teeth. More, it's like a gentle reminder of all how far you have come and to where they're very comfortable in the natural world as opposed to. Um, you know as opposed to it feeling like they're uh, an outsider you know that it, it, we'd like to say that it's kind of nature welcoming them back into the fold uh, so that's what they experience what we experience <laughs> because we're stuck there you know in a remote site uh, uh, with really nothing to do and we're exhausted because it's the end of the course yeah. so it's really just like you know how many naps can you
1: take during a day well the trick is timing the naps in between the eight thousand calories and how much eat at every meal. Um, no, I mean obviously we are there
0: as a safety precaution. Like right. if there's any medical issues, we don't leave. We always make sure that we're there. You know, we we everybody starts at the base camp and then they go off to their individual locations, but they all know how to get back to the base camp in case there is a medical issue or really an issue of any sort. Yeah. Uh, so we're so we're there, but it's it's, you know, not the it's not the most high-energy uh, couple of days of the
1: year for I, us. Every every semester, I, I come up here with a couple of new books to read over the semester, and I probably read like four pages for eight weeks. And then that ninth week, I read all three books in those three days that we're sitting there because there's just... You're just sitting around trying to stave off the, uh, the cheese and summer sausage coma that isn't... It's inevitable, really, but you're trying as hard as you can to push it back. Yeah,
0: so, so the instructor <laughs> experience of solo is kind of hanging around a, a remote campsite in and out of a wall tent. Uh, and in and out of uh, In and out of sleep, sleep <laughs> and in and out of food comas. Uh, so we have that to look forward yeah, to. But, I, I, but,
1: do, I always do kind of look forward to it. And then about a day and a half into it, my body's like, stop eating so much salt. You're going to die. <laughs> you haven't moved yeah, enough well, to merit this.
0: Yeah. Um, so we've got that coming up in a week. Uh, excited for that. Um, we've also got coming up in, what, three weeks from now? The uh, Autumn Woodsman. And I think we're down to having just just uh, two spots available. People keep signing up for that. So if you're interested, get in touch. Um, yeah. And that's what's, uh, that's what's coming down the pike.
1: Yeah, it's going to be uh it's going to be an interesting uh an interesting fall. Um winter though might be a little uh yeah,
0: winter we yeah. just had a big
1: announcement this week that I've canceled our
0: two big winter programs. I've canceled our Winter Woodsman and our Boreal Snowshoe Expedition for 2021. And the reason I'm doing that is because of the COVID. So during the spring, summer and fall in camp here, uh, social distancing is very easy. Everybody has their own tent and or shelter to go back to um, at night. And after we, you know, we quarantine for the first two weeks. So of the semesters, we have people we are in camp and uh, we don't leave camp for the first two weeks. And then we're, you know, we're pretty sure that no one is, is a carrier, you know, as sure as we could be in this day and age. In wintertime, winter programs are kind of built around small heated spaces. And that could be. You know, an off-grid cabin like we've got a couple of. It could be a a shelter like the marshmallow like we just built. Or it could be, uh, you know, in the the case of the Boreal Snowshoe Expedition, it's uh, small winter tents heated with wood stoves that we haul behind us on toboggans. So in none of those instances can we really guarantee that people will be able to social distance and stay away from other people. Um, we can and, guarantee the exact opposite. Yeah, we can like, guarantee the exactly. that they're
1: going to sit in a, essentially a petri dish for two two weeks. And yeah. Just, so because
0: yeah. of the uh, COVID for this year, I, you know, I I dragged my feet on making that decision, hoping there would be a yeah, vaccine or something. And but you know, in this day and age who do you trust? You know, they get all these conflicting media reports as to there's going to be a vaccine. There isn't going to be a vaccine. And at some point you got to make up your mind. And that took place last week. So we're planning to be back with the, uh, you know, a really robust winter schedule for 2022. Um, Hopefully by then we'll have the COVID under control. There'll be a vaccine. Um, So expect to be, expect to see a super robust, uh, schedule for 2022 of guided trips and winter courses just because uh, i'm gonna miss doing it
1: yeah it's a it's a i you know we were just talking about this before but i think the winter stuff is my favorite it's my favorite time of the year to be out on the land up here and it's you know i completely understand the reasoning behind us not doing it but it's a little sad yeah we may end up doing one
0: like late winter trip yeah just a friend's trip or something Mm -hmm. um but Uh, as far as stuff that people could sign up for it's not going to be this winter yeah so as a result of that um long time listeners know that we recently the smith family sold our house in new hampshire wife and kids are in austin texas where wife's family is from so when we wrap up here middle of november i'm gonna head down that way and spend a few months with the family and uh get to where my children could once again pick me out of a lineup of strangers uh you know one of the Dangers
1: of kind of working. I don't know, Tim. The they might not recognize you once you're a snowbird. Yeah. Well, because uh, it's that weird bird costume that you got to show up in. because Right. You, you, you're a big Canada goose. Uh huh. Just hope I don't get shot. <laughs> they're not going to recognize you down there. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> so as of now, I'm planning on bringing a canoe with me, and um, one of our alumni and a real good friend of mine, Phil Salonic, uh, lives in West Texas, and. Phil has been dangling dangerous uh propaganda in front of me in the form of like a paddling map to the Rio Grande and he sent me a DVD about the Rio Grande canoe trip so there's a distinct possibility that that could happen this winter and I'm pretty pretty excited about it it's been a while since I've seen any new canoed any new rivers and I have zero experience canoeing in the southwest so that would be a that would be amazing, and hopefully hopefully, it pans out.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a fun time. Um, I'm going to sit by the wood stove for as long as I can all winter and see how many spoons I can make in 25 minutes. There you go. That's, that's my plan. That's a good plan. I don't even need the spoons. I'm just going to make them because <laughs> there's nothing else to do. Yeah. Um,
0: but we are definitely still planning on running the spring semester as scheduled. Uh, again, that's going to start April 11th, which is still winter up here. That'll be a hard course uh physically right we'll be snowshoeing the first couple of weeks and then uh then the snow will melt and then we'll be running rivers during high water se- uh, sessions, oh, sessions i can't wait
1: for some high water
0: so that'll be interesting we've got a few signed up already those spots aren't going to last very long uh, but we're super excited about it Especially after this year, the year of the drought, right? It'll be so sorry, nice to say get to. The year uh, of the
1: dragon. The year of the dragon. I just, I did my brain finish that sentence oh. and I just admit, I don't know. I'm It'll sorry. be nice
0: to get out on the high water. We're planning on, uh, for the wilderness guide training semester, our spring semester, we're planning on uh, a, a length of the Aroostook, the St. John River, and an Allagash trip. Yeah. So, and maybe a few other little ones built in. Um, so. We've got that to look forward to.
1: Yeah. And that, I I mean, that's a good, it's a good segue for any, right? We're sort of the meat of this, uh, meat of this podcast is about differentiating the two semesters. Um, and just describing the different types of programs that we offer. Yeah. So
0: if you ever look on our website, on our calendar, the master calendar, um, one of the columns is the type of program and we've got our professional training programs, our field school programs and guided trips and we just wanted to riff on what those mean so like the spring semester the fall semester the boreal snowshoe expedition those are all professional training programs and the way that we def- differentiate those they're big they're long they're expensive they're hard to do um, and as pa- as for them being professional training programs, we have a lot of accountability built in for the students. So, you know, probably every couple of years we get somebody who comes on a semester and and really isn't interested in becoming a professional guide or bushcraft instructor, and they maybe don't want to do all of the background work. Um, But these courses are characterized by we have a big Google google classroom and there's lots of academic work to be done there are lots of benchmarks with regards to crafts and skills and doing them a certain number of times there's a big testing component near the end of the course so it's not just sort of a show up in the woods and hang around and you know talk about knives and you know occasionally cook something over the fire it's a very regimented uh uh, you know documentation heavy academic heavy uh, experience and for good reason, because we 're trying to train the next generation of professionals,
1: yeah, and I think I mean the trips where you sit around the fire and talk about knives and stuff is those are fun um, but if you 're coming up here for an extended period of time, the accountability is what the having having your own personal accountability to the course is what 's going to make you get get as much out of it as you can if you come up and you just kind of want to hang out for nine weeks you 're going to have I don't know, you're kinda you're kinda handicapping yourself to the experience, I would I think. But uh if you come up here with the intention of getting as much done as you can, there's I mean, maybe maybe even if you are, you know, maybe not going for the journeyman but you're still around, maybe just a day where we do one of these projects sends you down a rabbit hole of interest that changes, you know, the thing you want to do for the rest of your life, right? So if you're you know, maybe you're up here and you're not super into canoeing, but you are uh, you're really fascinated by the way that we go about, um, I don't know, making Mocha And you, after that, have a have a viewpoint into make like really primitive blacksmithing. And so I think that the, the accountability of that means that I guess what I'm getting at here is for those courses, plan on plan on being around a lot and plan on kind of squeezing as much out of that that wet washcloth as you can.
0: So, yeah, you mentioned the journeyman, which is our in house yeah. certification, and the you know the fall semester is really focused on getting people to where they can check all the boxes for the journeyman certification that we offer right so it's not an easy thing to get uh, I don't know what do we have like thirty percent roughly of students have yeah. in the past have achieved that, and the journeyman isn't anything extraneous to the course it's just making sure that people get the level of knowledge and experience with each aspect of the course in order to achieve the journeyman so it's not something that you know we do the course all day and then when we quit for the day people jump in and do journeyman stuff everything on the course is focused on the journeyman cert but you have to be working hard in order to achieve all those goals and all those things and that's working hard from a, a um you know academic standpoint all the background research that we have people do um you know all the workbooks and the google classroom all those things
1: yeah um we've said it a few times on this i think we had a whole podcast around it about the idea that the advanced skills are the basics mastered and the the idea behind the journeyman is that everybody on the course sees the the basics of everything and then the people that end up getting the journeyman are the people that put in That first couple of steps of turning that little basic understanding into mastery. Um, And it doesn't mean that when they leave, they are masters of any of the thing, but they have a really solid base to work through. And that's, that's kind of, those are the kind of people that we're looking for on these, to come on these courses is because, you know, the the learning doesn't just happen because Tim and I stand up and talk and show everybody. The learning happens because people put in Put in the work after hours or during class time to, to really wrap their head around it in a way where they can go on and advance with that further and further and further the more they do it.
0: I am on record of saying and believe firmly that the more that students are doing and the less that we're talking, the more students walk away with from a learning perspective. People like to lecture in our culture as far because it looks like education, but it's not really effective at getting people to master the material. I mean, that mastery happens when people are out playing with it, working with it, working with the stuff, you know, not necessarily sitting back writing and scribbling into a notebook or something while while, you know, I'm making bad jokes or Whatever, so you know, getting hands dirty, being busy, and being engaged with projects is where the real learning happens, and that's how we've designed the journeyman um, for for that. You know, to maximize that.
1: Yeah, it's a uh, you know we are just wrapped up our so this past week was mostly about the people going for the journeyman doing their testing, and we did our uh, our bucksaw test, which is a uh, an exercise in carving and understanding how wood interacts with each other the idea behind a buck saw is that it's a saw frame held together only by tension so the way that it's carved affects whether or not it'll work and um i don't think nobody passed nobody passed on the first go-round and it's um, a time it's a timed
0: thing, timed thing um, where they have to go get their materials once they have their materials then we start the clock and they've got 35 35
1: minutes to
0: make something that's going to they've got to make it and then we inspect it for the certain points that are pass or fail with regards to the, and then it has to actually perform. They have to saw through like a seven inch round or something. Yeah.
1: And so, and the, uh, you know, the big takeaway from that with some of these people was like them saying, you know, I've made, I've made six or seven of these and I still don't really get it. And you know, often because of the sort of the modern world, they want, they want an answer to why that didn't work but the I think kind of our philosophy up here is you know maybe maybe make six more before you test again and then you'll really kind of understand the nuances of it not to say that we're not there to kind of give advice and stuff but I think you know 10 minutes of me or me or Tim talking through the nuances of what makes a bucksaw frame held together um, function is is not worth nearly as much as an hour of you know spending time to look at the ones that you've made that worked and figure out what, what about them, what material selection affected it, how, how they were planed and all that other stuff. And I just, so to me, it's just a, the people that are going to pass these tests and do really well on these courses um, for the professional training ones are the ones that have that kind of do it until the struggle stops being a struggle essentially. And then, and that's where, that's where the understanding comes from, I think. Yeah. Sure. The less we talk, right? <laughs> bam, so those bam, bam. are the,
0: I mean, those are the professional training courses. So if you're planning on coming up to a professional training course, just be advised that, you know, professional training means it's a lot of work and it's not just about the fun things and like the, you know, the cool, sexy things and, and whatever. It's also kind of the gut through the the harder things like the, you know, academic background research, just expect to spend some late nights in the library
1: things of that nature and if that doesn't sound like fun then maybe we should say there is a lot of fun that goes on during those it's not a it's not a slog the whole time no it's a lot of fun but
0: but there's just a lot of work to go along with it so the you know if that is uh not something you're interested in then just a general field school program like the summer woodsman um Autumn Woodsman programs like that, where it's not you know it's it's the same course curriculum, but we students aren't held to the same level of accountability, so if you're interested in you know a fun week in the woods, learn some new skills, but there's not going to be somebody saying you know you've got to continue doing background research till midnight or something like that, then then look at those programs, and they might be a much better fit for you,
1: yeah, they're also good if you're not uh. You know, maybe you've thought about coming up and taking a nine-week semester, but you're not not really sure if it's you know if you even. I mean, maybe this is just something that you're kind of interested in, but have never no real experience with. Don't don't jump right to the nine-week one. Come and take a short one and see if you see if you like the stuff. You know? Yeah, see maybe if it's you a,
0: take the class and you hate it. Yeah, and or you're us. Like, yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> which is yeah.
0: It only happens like with eighty-five percent. Okay, eighty-five percent of people that come up here. But, yeah, like, uh, it's a really good point Christopher is making is if you're unsure that this is something you want to devote a lot of time and energy to, don't jump right into, the, like, the longest yeah. program that we offer. That's that's not a great plan.
1: Yeah, uh, there's a lot of, I mean, I think because this industry has sort of, what is the term, jumped the shark, where there's, like, a, there's a lot of imagery of it and a lot of writing about it. And so people see it and think it sounds like a lot of fun. And then um, I would I would give it a test drive first <laughs> before you – now, I'm not trying to turn anyone off of it, but I think that it's not as uh, – there's a lot more work than I think yeah, there's a lot of those social media stuff mud makes bugs it look and like sweat. mud, bugs, and sweat. Uh, there's a lot of that.
0: I like that. It's not always – you know everybody wants to be Henry Thoreau living on Walden Pond. Yeah. But- Nobody wants to be swatting black flies and, and, you know, dealing with all the other rigmarole that that comes with it. Ten
1: episodes in a row, we've mentioned black
0: flies. Yeah, well, they're coming again. They're coming. They'll be here any day. So those are just the general field school programs. And then we also offer guided trips where we get out onto the land and cover some ground. And those, again... You know we teach on those to the degree that it's needed, but it's not necessarily like a morning tonight. Okay, now we're going to do this. Now we're going to do that. It's much more organic, and the teaching is defined by the trip itself. Yeah. Meaning, if we need to cover, if we're going to line canoes over a long lake dam on the Allagash, then yeah, we'll have a lesson on on lining bridles and lining. But if not, then maybe
1: we don't. Yeah, yeah. It's more about the experience um, overall than it is about people having sort of big teachable moments kind of thing
0: yeah it's not like check the box because we've got to cover eight million yeah things. and it's
1: it's the the like like tim said the the uh the teachable moments come from the trip itself rather than a pre-existing kind of curriculum that we write up and this was the
0: year 2020 was the year that we of the s- dragon no it's the year that we differentiated between the spring and the fall semester whereas Up until 2019, the spring semester and the fall semester were the same course, right? Um, But 2020 this year, we've changed it pretty dramatically, and we're going to continue changing those through 2021 um, so that they are not the same course. The spring course, much more focused on canoeing and life on the trail, uh, whereas the fall course, much less about life on the trail, much more about life on the land. Um, and less, uh, you know, minimal canoeing compared to the, compared to the spring. Whereas in the spring, we're going to cover a, a few hundred miles in the boats in the fall, especially this year, there just wasn't enough water to, to float the <laughs> boats. And that's kind of been a trend. So we're, we're just going to try to get away from canoeing in the fall and more land-based, you know, traditional skills activities. Yeah. Uh, more and if- like, you know, more, more projects, more. More things
1: of that nature yeah and if I mean if you look at the sort of the traditional way people lived up here that was that was kind of the case right is that in the fall there's so much food around and so much to do with it to process it and all that kind of thing and then the in the spring the the big sort of resources that there's a lot of moving water and you can make use of it um, so it has a lot to do with that and not just um, not just us kind of differentiating for the sake of differentiating.
0: So those two programs are pretty significantly different. So if you're thinking of coming up to one, you know, be aware that they're not the same thing. Yeah. And I guess lastly, we're looking at, uh, I just recently rearranged the schedule for next summer because I'm looking at getting the Wilderness Canoe Expedition Semester, the four-week canoe program that we've run for, I don't know, 20 years or whatever. We haven't run it for two years. Um, And we're looking to get that back, but it's going to be different than it has been in the past in that it's going to be very specifically focused on college students. Uh, So it won't be open to just anybody. So we're going to really focus on offering that for college students two weeks at the field school, two weeks on the Allagash with a huge emphasis on history and natural history. So we're going to learn, you know, as many plant species as we can um definitely focus on the ones that we use in some way so edible medicinal things of that nature we're also going to learn you know about the history of the north woods we'll probably have required reading of lou Dietz's book the allagash that talks about all of the cool history there so um yeah we'll be running that one through the university of maine's early college program Uh, so if you are interested in a uh, college program or a gap year program that will probably be uh We'll have an announcement on the website, uh, play a blog post, and then we'll be revamping that page. So we can look for look for that one. And that'll be July of 2021 is what we're looking at for that. Um, yeah. So last thing I wanted to talk about is there are a lot of crappy books out there. Uh, and there are also some great books out there. And I recently came across a book, uh, by Tony Nestor called the knife only survival book, the worst case scenario skills for the wilds. And Tony and I have been internet friends for close to 20 years. Uh, he writes a lot. He's a very prolific writer. He's written a lot of fantastic, uh, like how to and bushcraft skills things, Um, and he also writes a lot of awesome fiction. So one of his, I think two of his series I have on the Kindle and I read it every year and I'll probably read it again when we're out on solos, (laughs) but, uh, man, what a great, what a great piece of kit a Kindle is like a dedicated Kindle, not, not, not a Kindle app. Uh, if you're going to do a lot of, a lot of tripping, you know, you're stuck in a tent somewhere, people are out on solos and you can bring like 800 books with you. Um, but uh, yeah, Tony's, uh, knife only survival book came out pretty recently. Uh, and I don't do it on the podcast or anything like that. You know, I take my grandmother's advice about if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Uh, but often in classes, I'll, I'll make fun of like some really crappy books and things like that. Just crappy, you know, YouTube channels. I don't do it publicly. I I'll do it in private. Uh, but, um, what I do like to do when something is really good, I like to let other people know about it. So if you're interested, if you're new to the whole, uh, bushcraft thing or survival thing, any of Tony's how to books are fantastic. And again, this new one, the knife only survival book, uh, just came out highly, highly recommended. Um, I love it. He's a very knowledgeable, very experienced guy. You know, I've been at this for a number of years and, um, I get pretty excited when I read something new and I learn something new at this point so and and I definitely picked up a few tips from from that book, so definitely check it out. We'll put a link to it in the show notes uh but great guy, super knowledgeable and great writer, yeah
1: um, yeah, well, I guess that kind of wraps up our. Anything else to add today? I was going to make a joke about doing a review for The Cat in the Hat, but I'm just going to skip it because I don't think it has a place here. The Cat in the Hat? Yeah, I just, I just, I don't know if you guys have read this book, but I just, I couldn't put it down. I mean, admittedly, it took me five minutes, but for those five minutes, I was locked. It's about a cat with a hat. It's about a cat with a hat and something about a pink ring in a bathtub. I didn't, you know, I, it was a little above my, like, intelligence level. I didn't totally get the... Dr. Seuss, right? He was a doctor? Yeah. So, no, interesting story about that guy.
0: (laughs) Interesting story. Dr. Seuss, maybe you've heard this or not. But we had a guy here a number of years ago from Dartmouth College in New Hampshire uh, who you're going to start working with soon. Uh, So, you should know this. Yeah. So, Dr. (laughs) Seuss wrote for – he was just – as an undergrad, he wrote for the – like the – whatever the school paper was. And his parents always wanted him to be a doctor. But he, you know, started publishing – all those wacky books he wrote immediately upon graduation. So he took up the pen name, Dr. Seuss to, uh, to, uh, appease his parents. Impe- yeah. To appease his That's parents. Good. So, yeah, I like that, but apparently not a real medical doctor, you know, you know what else I read? Dr. Dre, the, like the rapper, he's not a medical doctor either.
1: It's just, was it to appease his parents that he took I don't, on that? I don't know. I don't we know should look that. into that for the next but podcast. But I'm pretty
0: sure he's never graduated from a reputable medical school. Hmm. He's got to at least, at this point, he's
1: got to at least have like an honorary.
0: I think he's a nurse.
1: Really? No. I have no idea. All right, And, yeah, uh, we're getting punchy. Yep, it's happening. (laughs) It happens every time.
0: (laughs) Thank you very much for spending this lovely Sunday morning with us. We're recording this on a Sunday morning. Uh, You know the drill, that if you enjoyed this, please leave us a review. uh, Share it with somebody. Uh, We should do a big push for reviews. I'd like to get I don't know, we've got like 50 or 40 something reviews. I'd like to get to 100. Just like we should get, I want to get to 100 podcasts. It'd be great to get 100 reviews. Yeah. I don't know how to make that happen.
1: Review us. Um,
0: Yeah. So thanks for listening. Have a great week and uh, we'll hit you back. Read the cat in the hat. Yeah, the cat in the hat. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) You have been listening to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast. For more information on our professional wilderness guide training programs that are college accredited and GI Bill approved, visit us on the web at
1: jackmtn.com.